0: listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Balkum as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage podcast. I've designed this podcast from the very beginning to help you save your relationship no matter where you are in that process. I talk with people on a daily basis that are getting ready to get married, and they want to make sure that they don't get into trouble. I also many times talk with people who are on the last straw, the last ditch effort, and everyone in between. Now, here is what um, kind of unites all of that. What feeds a marriage is exactly the same. What saves a marriage is how you can have a great marriage. They all fit together. Now, today what I want to talk about is a conversation I had just a couple of days ago. I had a client who called me, and we were going through some things, and I was suggesting uh, along the way a few things, and I said, you know, what do you think about doing this? And what I heard at each step was, I'll try, I'll try. It was a very resigned response from this person, I'll try. And I often wonder, what do people mean by I'll try, right? I mean... You know, I'm I'm a a child of uh, the really the 70s and 80s. That was my childhood. Uh, I was born in 66. And so in the 70s, about 76, out came Star Wars. And part of Star Wars was one of my favorite characters, Yoda. And I remember that phrase that you've probably heard so many times and seen on so many memes that, you know, you've probably even lost what all of that means. But what he says is, do or don't do. There is no try, right? That's the response as Luke is getting ready to do something. He says, well, I'll try. And Yoda looks at him and says, do or don't do. There is no try. Now, notice what I was saying to my client was not save your marriage. That, that is a place where the person said, I will put in my best effort. But I was suggesting doing some things. I was talking about how uh, there might be some place uh, to um, maybe even, um, you know, do a little bit of connecting. Not big things, but a little bit of connecting. Even trying something small was met with I'll try. I remember being at a workshop a years ago, and, and a very popular uh, kind of guru guy in self-help uh, would stand there, and he would throw a $100 bill on the floor and tell someone to try to pick it up And they would start to move towards it. He said, no, 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 try to pick it up. Don't pick it up. Just try to pick it up. And the person would try to figure out how to try to figure out how to try to get there, right? It was just an attempt to try. And it made an important point that when we're doing something, we're either doing it, as Yoda would say, or we're not going to do it. There's no way to just try something. You may fail at doing something. But the stuck point many times for people is even getting started. And this is one of those places I've noticed with lots of people who are working on saving their marriage. They say they want to save their marriage. They proclaim that they want to figure out a way to reconnect and bring their relationship back to life. And yet there's no action. A couple of days before this conversation with a client, I was talking with somebody who had been working on this letter that I suggest, the apology letter. I use what I call the apology letter formula. It's a step-by-step process that I use with clients to walk through an effective apology letter that, in essence, is there to take responsibility for each person's role in where the relationship is and to ask for forgiveness as a way of clearing away the debris. Now, for some people, that feels like it's a magic formula that they're going to use, and they're suddenly going to have a spouse who you know, has let everything go and is ready to step back in the marriage. And that is, frankly, not the case. That's not what I intended for. It's possible that that will happen. Many times over the years, I've seen situations where it completely turned things around. But at a bare minimum, what I'm working towards is somebody being able to say, I did these things, I'm aware of it, I want it to be different I'm sorry, I apologize. That's it. You can't fail at that that attempt. You, You can't fail at that because there's nothing required from the other person. If I walk up to you and I say, hey, I did this and I want to apologize. So I'm sorry for that, I apologize. I hope you can forgive me. When I end the conversation, I have indeed apologized. There is nothing more required of me in the apology. Now, it's possible that the other person will forgive me. It's possible that the other person will hold on to that, will not do anything with it, will refuse to to hold on to the pain. Now, there is some irony in that, I think, because many times we have a very twisted view of what it means to forgive somebody. But let's just set that aside for a minute and just realize that the end point of an apology is when I take responsibility for something, I apologize for it, and I ask for forgiveness. At that point, I have done everything I could do. I've done the apology. So this person had been re- working on this letter, writing this letter for a number of weeks, and I kept saying, you know, time is passing. And one of the things I'm very clear about is in the middle of a marriage crisis, there is there is a clicking, a ticking clock, right? I mean, there, time passes, and, and when nothing happens things usually get worse. The, the relationship continues to disintegrate. The disconnection continues to grow and on and on it goes. So without change, you kind of know where the end result is going to. You're kind of sliding downhill. Now, admittedly, without a crystal ball, I can't tell you what that downhill is, where it ends at the bottom. I don't, can't tell you how long that would take. I just know that the longer things go, the less the chance of recovery And so here this person has been working on this letter or trying to work on this letter for a number of weeks and trying to get through it without success. So as we talked about that, you know, I keep trying to write the letter. And I said, you know, here's the thing. When I'm writing, I'm either writing or I'm not, right? This is one of my little things. Um, When I'm writing, which is almost all the time these days, when I'm writing a book or writing a project... I get up in the morning and I get an hour of writing in before I do anything in my day, mainly because I want to make sure that I've done that piece. I find it to be a very important piece, and I I follow uh, Stephen Covey's idea, the Eisenhower Matrix, and I'm trying to take care of the things that are important but not urgent. And writing and getting my information on paper for me is very important, but it's not urgent, Nobody's going to be waiting at the door for that piece of paper to be written. Nobody is going to be knocking on my door waiting for that chapter to be written. It's important to me. It's not urgent. And so I have to start early in order to get that done. So I happen to know that when I'm sitting there in the morning, I'm doing one of two things I'm either writing or I'm not writing. There's no way for me to try to write. If I'm sitting down and I'm getting words down on paper, I'm writing. If I'm sitting down and I'm staring at anything other than that, I'm not writing. It's that simple. It's one or the other. You can't try to run. You're either running or you're not. You can't try to walk. You're either walking or you're not. You can't try to connect with a spouse. You're either doing connecting things or you're not. Now, is it guaranteed that the spouse is going to feel the connection? No. You're either apologizing or you're not. Now, is it possible that your spouse will refuse to forgive? Yes. You can't guarantee the outcome, only the process. So where people get hung up is they're often in the process of trying to do something instead of being in the process of doing it or not doing it. This is the truth of Yoda's words that have stuck with me since seeing that movie when I was 10 years old, that you can only either do it or not do it. There isn't anything else. What I've noticed is that the I'll try is usually a way of sidestepping. It's almost a cop-out. People do it for the best of intentions. You know, I'll talk with someone about something and they have the best intentions of doing it, but they're hedging their bet. They're giving themselves an out, and the out is try. I think we use this on an everyday basis in in all of life. You know, I'm going to try to be a good parent. Well, being a good parent is doing good parent things, and if you're not doing good parent things, then you're not doing it. That's as simple as that, right? The same with work, right? Um, If I go to work, if I'm doing work, I'm working. I'm not trying to work. And so when we use that word, what I've noticed is it's often somewhere that we are uncomfortable. And so we use it as just a a way of hedging our bet, of giving ourselves an out in case it doesn't work out. And I've often wondered, you know, is it any better to say, well, I'll try to connect with my spouse. And when you're unable to connect to be able to say, well, I I did say I would just try, right? Is that any better than trying to connect with with doing the effort, right? Doing the things of connecting. And when it doesn't work to say, I did my best, it feels to me like one is empowering to step up and the other is an excuse to not step up. You or I are not going to succeed at everything we try. We will fail at many things. And learn a good bit along the way. So as I worked with one client who kept telling me I'll try, I challenged on doing. And the next week, the response was, well, I did that. It didn't work. And my response was, now we have some feedback, right? We have a data point. The client's response was, I failed. My response was, we now have a little more information, and I find it to be an important place for us to realize that the point when we fail is the point when we give up. Being knocked down, that's just part of life. Now, I just want to kind of think back on when you were a child, you know, the first time you tried to walk, right? You were getting up to walk. Were you doing it or were you falling? You were falling, right? And if you're like most kids, you didn't go, well, that didn't work, I guess I'll just hang out on the floor, right? You did it again. You did everything you could to walk again. Maybe you fell again, but again, you didn't say, well, that's it. I'm stuck here. The fact is that whenever something is important enough, we'll try it again. We'll do it again. We'll do the steps. Now that word try, you know, it's, it's interesting because there is a sense where I have to say, well, we'll try it again And at the same time, here I am saying, don't say try, right? Get rid of that word. It's so hard to get rid of that word and just recognize that the word sticks around for us. And the task is doing. The process of saving a marriage is in the doing, not the trying. Now, it is possible that you'll do everything you can to save your marriage and you won't succeed. And I've had this conversation just in this last week for a number of people and my response to them when they say, what if, it, what if it doesn't work? What if I don't save my marriage? My response is, you know, you can only do your part. But if you've done your part, you're able to say, I feel good about what I did. I did my part. We don't have ultimate control over what somebody else does. We do have control on what we do or choose not to do. The danger is that cop-out word, try. My point here is to watch how you think through that yourself. This isn't a huge thing. It's not a big teaching for you. I'm not giving you technique after technique as much as to say, if I give you lots of techniques and you don't do them or you say, I'll try to do them, you're letting yourself off the hook and you're letting yourself down. I would rather have somebody say, I did what you said and it didn't work than to say, I'll try to do it and end up doing nothing in the movement. So much of life is based in us stepping up and saying, I'll do that. I'll take that on. So much of success in life is based in that. In fact, every single success you have is because you said, I step up. I'll do that. And when we fail, many times it's because we'll say, I won't do that. I won't do those things. I won't give it my best. Those are tough moments. I just read some research about regret. I think that regret is a, such a powerful thing in people's lives. I mean, so many times I hear people telling me about all the regrets they have. A lot of the time, our short term regrets are about things we did. You know, we regret some action. And maybe you regret you know, saying something in anger or you regret taking some rash action or you regret overreacting to something. Those are the regrets of things. And the good thing about regrets for, the, for things we've done is that we can do repair work for that, right? I mean, if, if I was mean to somebody and I feel regret for it, I can go back and say, hey, I'm so sorry, I I take accountability for that. It's not going to happen again. If I yell at somebody and I feel bad about it, I feel regret for that, I can go back and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I I shouldn't have yelled at you. That was was not fair. I can apologize for it and make amends for it if possible. And I can even change my behavior going forward because that's one of the things regret allows us to do is to say, hey, I don't want to be acting this way. I can move forward in a different way. Regret in the short term is about things that we did and we can do repair work on that. Interestingly, in the long term, what people regret are what they didn't do, the actions they didn't take, the things they didn't try. That's my experience of working with people all the years that at some point they look back and go, I wish I had done this, right? Now, think about how this fits into saving a marriage. Maybe you have some regrets over actions you've taken. That's the work of the apology letter. That's that's where... You can begin to take accountability for that. One of my C's of the three C's of connect, change yourself, create a new path, that change yourself, the regrets we have can fuel that. What do I need to change in how I respond and react to people? Make a change there. But I've heard people over the years who regretted the fact that they didn't try to save the relationship. And there's that word try. They didn't do the actions required to save their relationship. They didn't make the changes necessary. Regret's tough when it's over the things that we didn't do because those are often things we now have no chance to do. I would rather have given it a shot and it failed than regret not having tried. How about you? That's an important place to be able to look and say, is that going to be me? You know, have I done what I needed to do to change this? Have I done what I needed to do to save this marriage? And if not, to step back and say, how am I going to feel about that down the road? Now, this is a mindset piece today, as I'm talking about this, the, the try piece to think about the fact that there isn't a try there. You're either going to do things or you're not going to do things. That's it. That's the only two things there are. And you might have regrets over the things you did, which you can then make a difference about, or worse yet, having regrets over things you didn't do. So let's say that you're on that path and you're, you're faced with that, that turn, Do I try, right? Do I work to save this or do I take the other path of not working on it? That's yours to choose, that path. But look further down the path and ask yourself, will I regret, will I be able to look myself in the mirror and know that I've done everything I could? Will I regret the actions not taken? My knowledge comes from having worked with people at the end of their lives who sat there in regret. My knowledge is having worked with people in therapy who are looking back on the end relationship with regret on what didn't happen. And I don't wish that on anyone. I don't wish it for you or anyone else to have that feeling. So what if you choose that path? What if you say, okay, that is the path I want to be on of doing everything I can to save it. And you go, but I don't know what to do. If you're there at that point, then it's time to grab the save the marriage system if you've got some other process that you're following and it's working, great. But if you're at that point of standing at that, the cusp, the, the turn in the road and asking, am I ready to go? But I don't know where to go. Let me share that with you. The Save the Marriage system is designed so that you can work on it, even if your spouse doesn't want to work on it right now. You can start the process. Ultimately, your spouse will need to join in the process, but not right now. Right now, you can do lots to bring it around. I created the system because I saw the damage done by people who didn't know what to do. I can't help the people who choose not to do, but for those who want to do, but don't know what to do, I want to fill in that blank for you. That's the Save the Marriage system. You can start the process of getting the system at savethemarriage.com. Now, I want to make sure that you have everything you need. So I divide it up into modules so you can digest them, take them in. And if they don't, if there's something that doesn't apply to you, maybe there's something that I talk about that is not important in your relationship, you can skip the module and go to the others and get to the place where you're fine tuning it to your situation. But more than that, I want to make sure you have the tools you need. So I include a, a week of free VIP, virtual intensive program. That's my coaching program that happens in in a membership site. Uh, You get coaching, a membership, different uh, tools and resources and trainings and access to different things for a free week. And as part of that, one of the things in that free week, you can access the apology letter formula that I provide. You can do all that in that week. And we also make sure that you have access to one of my coaches for a get started session, a best start session. Uh, That's at no charge. Neither one of those are at any charge because I want to make sure you have what you need to get started. But you've got to take the next step. Start at SaveTheMarriage.com. After you purchase the system, I will offer you a week of VIP. If you don't want it. Don't take me up on it. It's a free week, but don't take me up on it. If you don't want the extra resources, if you think you've got it, that's great. If you want all the help you can, grab that free week. That's when I offer it. Then when you're downloading the system, just click the button and request a coaching call if you want that. That's all you have to do. But the starting point is to go grab the Save the Marriage system. This is one of those where you can't say, I'll try. You can either grab the system or not, but I'll try is not one of the options. This is Lee Walken wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.